Six. Six. Chris, the design challenge we will be taking upon ourselves this time is create a cult that your party would want to join. Hello and welcome to Roll for Topic, a roundtable discussion about topics related to running role-playing games. I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rao. Andy, um, we are quickly approaching, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, we're in within spooky season right now, so Halloween is coming up. Um, so I did have a question for you. Do you decorate your house for Halloween? Do you go all out? You know, we don't go all out, but we do put up a, uh, a few things here and there. Like we'll put something cool on the front door and yeah. uh, maybe some Halloween candles or things like that in the windows. But that's kind yeah. of the extent of it. We are not the purchase a 12 foot high skeleton in the front yard <laughs> type of family. Yes. How about you? Uh, we are also not, not that sort of family. Although I, I have a, I was talking to with a friend over the weekend and I think I could become that sort of person over time. Maybe um, yeah. I think, especially as the, our, my kids get a little bit older, I think it would be a lot of fun to have have the house on the block that like the uh, the busybodies sort of hate every year. <laughs> I think yes. that'd be really fun. Yes, we do have some people on our block that do go the extra mile, and it's always fun. And on mm-hmm. Halloween night, when you're trick or treating, you know they've got speakers out playing spooky music and yeah. 300 tons of that like fake cobweb stuff sprayed <laughs> all over the place. And yeah. yeah, I always I love those people. I'm so glad that they live near me, but I'm not one of them. Yeah, I think last year and we probably talked about it on the podcast, maybe even, um, but it's been a whole year. Um, the a couple of my neighbors got together and um, and like signed all the proper paperwork that you need need to to actually shut the street down um, for, uh, for Halloween night. Um, so we, we had like had the street blocked off so cars couldn't come through. Wow. Fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. So everybody was just sort of like, it turned it into this fun party atmosphere. And I like describing it as like, it's, it's sort of like what eighties movies showed Halloween as being <laughs> actually yes. happened. Yes. Right. Where you just have like kids just sort of wandering the streets and, you know, parents and stuff and like, yeah. Um, and then one of our neighbors is a DJ on the side, like, and he loves collecting old records. So him and his friends collected old Halloween songs and records and stuff okay. for a while. And so he just spun, spun records for the whole evening too. It was, it was very fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, man, just even thinking about those scenes in movies, this nostalgic, um, yeah. but it's just funny watching those scenes. And then I don't know about you, I mean, but where, you know, we both live in Michigan where Usually it's just kind of nasty cold by late yes. October. It's not the fun kind of cold that's accompanied by snow. Um, you yeah. know, everything has started to die and it's cold and there's no snow to kind of uh, in- infuse that with a little bit of holiday spirit. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you look outside on Halloween night and it's you just see these huddled people clearly freezing to death, you know, moving as fast as they can along the sidewalk from house yeah. to house uh, until yeah. it's not bearable anymore and they just have to go home. Yeah. Yeah. I have this memory of, I think I must've been 10 or so. I was old enough to go trick-or-treating somewhat like by myself, um, you know, but like not so old that I shouldn't have been trick-or-treating and it was a Halloween and it was raining and just absolutely disgusting out, you know, it's cold. So I grew up in Illinois, right? So suburbia out there. And I just like remember going around and I I was dressed up as a, like a mad scientist, but I was a mad scientist who was wearing his big puffy coat (laughs) at the same time. So I have, you know, like a, whatever, like a jewel Osco bag with me. There's a deep cut (laughs) for anyone who grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, but you know, jewel Osco bag with me, you know, going around and like most people had stopped giving out candy by then. Right. So just like (laughs) this awful, 
awful trudge through the you know the worst of the midwestern um, fall to try to get some candy but i treasure that memory and i hope my kids have a memory like that too of halloween uh yeah that i did grow up in southern california where halloween was pretty close to those movie things those movie mm. scenes because you you know it wasn't cold and you could just run around um but yeah <laughs> yeah it was also the late 80s when i feel like we were at peak you know don't somebody probably put a you know a hand grenade inside each of those yeah. pieces of candy fear um cycle so uh, <laughs> yes yeah yeah people were using all their good drugs on lacing one day i want to meet someone that puts valuable drugs into candy <laughs> for strange kids they don't know about i know yeah uh, okay all right well we will continue to reminisce about halloween if we keep keep on talking so. yeah for sure uh, so a little bit on the topic of Halloween, though, I just have a super quick question for you. So I've been prepping. Mm-hmm. I have an alien uh, mini campaign. Yes. Three schedules, yeah. three sessions scheduled throughout the mm-hmm. month of uh, October and, and into November a little bit. And I have been prepping and I've been looking around the web for what other GMs have been doing to kind of um, prop wise for alien games. Because I feel like, I don't know, alien lends itself somehow to kind of props and and ambience mm-hmm. yeah. so i've been looking into things like you know i'll have a little bluetooth speaker there with some you know sound effects from the movies ready to go and things like that but i came across uh, one person had uh so i'm running a published adventure and it's set on uh, mostly on a spaceship i i found one person online who had coded up his own like uh, interface for the computers that you would be using on that ship. <laughs> That's excellent. With uh, and he had it set up so that you would like log in as a particular crew member, and then you would you would be able to see, in addition to like a map of the ship and a crew roster, you would be able to uh, read that person's email, basically, kind hmm. of like kind of like a video game level, like the sort of thing you. I think you do this exact thing in like Alien Isolation a lot, and. That was just a really fun idea. I don't know if I can really use it for my session for various reasons. But mm-hmm. I was going to ask, have you ever... We've talked a lot about physical props. But I'm wondering, have you ever in a game had the PCs stop and actually like do the thing that their characters are doing? In this case, you know, when a PC says, all right, I'm going <laughs> to log into the terminal. You know, this would be... A, I could... Move, push my laptop over to them and say okay log in and yeah. click around and read the emails and i'm just wondering if you've ever done something like that where you're like okay you want to jump over that thing let's you know let's see you do it or you want to <laughs> read the book here, here it is oh no um i have not um i've played in a couple games where the the gm has done this so uh matt wilson who's been a guest on the podcast before did a really good job with physical props when he was running um, a couple of Trail of Cthulhu games that I played in. So yep. Eternal Eyes and also um, Trail of Neuralathotep. Um, yeah, so he would every once in a while just drop like, you know, like a physical puzzle on the table that we'd have to figure out or a ledger or something like that we could, we could flip through. Um, or most notably, uh, a book of terrible poetry that he wrote <laughs> that we could read from <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, and stuff like that is so fun. And it doesn't need to be like super, super detailed. I think just the, the act of like, oh my goodness, like you actually brought up, you know, this guy's email. Like, I mean, I think that's, that's cool enough. 
on its own. Um, I have visions of some time, um, you know, like I think we, we both played music a lot, I think in high school and stuff, yes. like I've kind of fallen off the, the bandwagon of that, but I have visions of having like a keyboard next to me as a GM at some point and like playing music along with what's happening or, you know, doing something that's a little bit more physical along those lines. Uh, you had to bring in stuff like, like the soundboard or, you know, different lights and, yep. and, and things. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but yeah. Yep. Um, all that to say, I think you absolutely should get a, a laptop of some sort and slide it over to them to have them sign into their email when yeah. you're playing the alien game. I, I won't lie. I was thinking of that and I, I was thinking, how can I get a CRT monitor? Uh, like yeah. I have a Commodore 64 monitor in the house. It's in use right now. But I mm-hmm. don't know how to plug it into a you know rel- a reasonably modern laptop or a computer. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll take this off air. I think <laughs> I have. Yeah, I want to figure out how to do this. I think there's probably like a pretty easy little box you can plug in. Yeah. Between them, but if you can't figure that out, I think, I think like the the worst laptop you can find would probably suffice, right? Like if you can just find like a pretty old laptop, just ask around. Someone's got one in a basement somewhere. Yeah. You know, and load up like, yeah, a, an older version of Linux on it, right? Like, so the, the interface is a little rough. Yes. <laughs> I think that would, that would do it. Okay. Well, yeah. awesome. Yeah. I guess, uh, I guess my closing question here is, uh, if you were running Alien and you've seen a couple of the films at least, and mm-hmm. I, I think you understand what it's going for, what kind of stuff might delight you to show up at the game? You know, I mentioned mm-hmm. I'll have some sound effects and stuff handy. Yeah. Is there anything else kind of low complexity and that wouldn't cost money that would that would thrill you? Yeah, I think you had even brought this up in a chat that we were having about um, getting ID cards. Yes. I think I think a very simple ID card would be amazing, right? And you could probably even get people's photos from Facebook. Yeah. Like their personal photos too. Right to throw in there for like the the ID badge. I don't think it has to be super like detailed. It doesn't have to be accurate to the the movies or anything like that. I think yeah. showing up and having your character sheet and then your ID badge would be pretty awesome. Yes. There. Um, another thing I'm thinking, I don't know if this is doable, is like a somewhat life size like cardboard cutout of any weapons that they have too might be oh, really fun. <laughs> yeah. So if you have whatever your space marine is. Right, and there is like a yeah full size cardboard cutout of I don't know their machine gun that they have. <laughs> yeah, that would be that'd be pretty fun because I think some of the weaponry is like a fun part about Alien, like that that sort of stuff. Especially especially in Aliens, right? They have some some pretty awesome. Yeah. Stuff. So this yeah. game will be is going to be on the space truckers side of the Alien Alien oh. spectrum. So okay. I could go out in the garage maybe and even just haul out some stuff that could pass for a. Uh, I mean, yes. Some of the some of the quote weapons they they're using are literal would literally just be uh, you know tools. And if my players are listening, you know, this is assuming that they get into some sort of like violent conflict. Uh, <laughs> but I don't I don't want to don't want to <laughs> preordain anything here because it could everything could go smoothly. They could just deliver their cargo on time and mm-hmm. retire. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Do the job, get paid, get out. Exactly. Yeah, no problem. Okay, well, uh, I don't, I don't want to uh, dwell on that any longer. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up here before we jump into our uh, cult topic? No, other than I just want to make sure that you are reporting back about that alien game. That sounds super fun. Yeah, I, uh, I certainly will. Yeah, I'll be running yeah. it basically over the next, uh, basically over the next four to five weeks. So I'll, I'll mm-hmm. chime in with, uh, 
with uh, reports of how well it's going or desperate pleas to help me salvage the uh, the adventure. So. <laughs> yes. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk cults. Yeah, our actual topic. Like, so just let me uh, refresh our memory here. Our design challenge is to design a cult that the PCs would actually want to join. Mm-hmm. So, what sprang to your mind immediately when we rolled that topic? Yeah, so what's coming to mind is uh, most of the time when cults show up in games, um, it's like it's very obvious that you would not want to join <laughs> join this cult, all uh, right, because they're they're super evil and whatnot. But I mean, like you know, people do join these things, right? So there's usually a reason why why they are. So for me, the the hook here, right, is like, yeah, how do you create something that I think the party wants to join? But then I'm also wondering if the way to make this extra fun is to um, they don't realize it's a mistake until after <laughs> after they've joined, <laughs> right? And um, so maybe that's a good thing to explore. Like, are we going to make something where they regret it later that they joined, or this is just like a cool adventure hook to give them give them things to explore that like the cult wants to accomplish? My sense is that we would be designing a cult that they would later regret having joined, and we don't have to do this. But my mind, you know, my mind went to. You know, in Call of Cthulhu games in particular, cults are kind of an ever-present feature in that game. And yeah, it is usually the case. There's certainly some... I have certainly have seen some Call of Cthulhu scenarios and stuff with cults that are interesting and not obvious. But, you know, the vast majority of these cults are... You know, um, their membership is is basically people that have lost their sanity and they're, ser- they're serving, you know, Gatanathua, the the frog god you know who wants to eat the world and uh uh uh, you know it's so it's just so obviously evil the pcs would never you could never trick the pcs you know that's like a plot line that is ruled out by the obviousness of the cult you could never have the pcs be really fooled by this or enticed to join it and later discover what's really going on you know um yeah yeah the like the various frog statues and the, the discussion about yeah, yeah the eating of the world is going to come up probably in every conversation that that you have yeah yeah <laughs> uh, um yeah I think the so like for me the most the the most intriguing cults that like I've run across in games it's usually right like there's they're always in service of something um and I think the the thing that usually tips off players to the problems in it is like almost like cult infighting right like mm. if there's you know, pretty obvious um, power imbalances as well. So I think if we're going to design a, you know, like a cult that the party wants to join, I think any of those power imbalances need to be um, either, yeah, they need to be somewhat hidden or non-existent. Yeah. And they're right, like you can't like roll in and it's clear that there's like one evil guy at the top who's like ordering everybody around. And then actually there's another e- more evil person on, you know, mm-hmm. behind, behind that one. So, I mean, I like the idea of it being, um, almost more of a communal sort of thing or, or a cult that is maybe actually helping out their community in some way. Yeah. Um, but like later it breaks bad in some fashion. Yeah. And I, I want to put out a caveat that, you know, I don't, I don't want to give offense here to anyone who's listening here, but there are, you know, there are kind of cult like organizations in the real world that, that you can join without, um, you know, that's, that, are based around, you know, selling a certain service or a certain product or something like that, that get culty mm-hmm. as you ascend in the ranks, but that to your average person, that doesn't really, that's not really a part of the experience. Um, yeah. 
and not to say that that's all sinister and stuff like that, but I, I think also of, you know, when I think like, what would, why would PCs be interested in joining a cult in the first place? Well, obviously you might have some, some individual PCs that have a backstory or personality elements that would make them interested in this. But, you know, where my mind went first is like, what could the cult provide that the PCs need? And that makes me think of organizations that sort of um, provide access to provide higher levels of access to stuff, to like business opportunities, or, you know, you can't really meet the mayor unless you are part of his, you know, Hmm. his little group, you know, his kind of, uh, unless you're part of this group, in which case you get, you will have a chance to meet with them or, you know, all of the, uh, if you want to get anywhere in the crafts, in the craftsman's guild, you have to, you have to become a, you know, you have to become a pledged member or something like that. So I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, at a basic level, right, like the cult, like the organization, right, the cult could be large enough to where if you want to get work, right, like if if you're just like a level one adventuring party and you want to get work, like this is one of the people who could give you give you a job. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, and maybe, maybe it's set up even that way, right? So it's like they can give you a job. They seem nice. They keep giving you jobs over and over and it's like only only when you start piecing together like what what they're asking you to do it becomes a little bit more apparent yeah that there's something something going on here um yeah so i think i like that i just want to pause one second i had to look this up there's a movie called the endless which i don't know if you've seen this or not um i think about... that i have it's about a guy returning to a cult yes. that he had grown up in yep that's a fantastic yes. Movie that really has a cool spin on a cult. Yes, like you should yeah, watch. and that's that's what I keep thinking about. It's it's a super good movie. Um, I am on record as not really liking a lot of like kind of scary horror movies. This is one that I'd highly recommend. It's super good. Yeah, uh, my wife actually loves it. I think she watched it like twice in a weekend uh, as well. She yeah, yeah really, it's a great really film. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I really I I love the idea of that of the people who are in this cult had not a terrible experience with it. And at least one of the brothers like wants to go back to it. Cause it's like, it gave them purpose and yep. it gave them like a community, all this stuff. Right. And it's like, I mean, it gets creepier and stuff in there, but like they, they all seem like very nice people <laughs> when you, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the, um, you know, so I think like the, the element of that to like make it, make it work is there has to be some sort of belief or drive about the cult that ends up, I think being true, right? Like, so like your frog God actually has to be extant and actually could come, (laughs) come, you know, come and devour the world. I think if there isn't that element to the cult, like then I think then it's just like, well, there's sort of a weird, weird commune. Right. Um, so just think about a story, like the, the hook for the, the campaign itself. Yeah. I've, I've always been drawn to cults that are a little bit cynical. Like they serve Mm -hmm. the frog God because it gives them power and wealth and they don't really, um, you know, they don't see themselves as being, you know, frog god cultists exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think of, there's an old X-Files episode where people are, people in this town are leader, like community leaders and stuff in this town are being killed off brutally in a supernatural way. And uh-huh. you learn that, um, that they're all members of like a satanic cult, like, you know, worshiping the devil that didn't that as time went on they started treating it they stopped really believing in it and they it was just like a 
a kind of a somewhat silly social club to them. But like, of course, the being they were worshiping got mad because they had, you know, they had <laughs> lost kind of sight of their true faith and it was punishing yeah. wayward uh, cult members. That's, I mean, that's a good, that's a good hook. Yeah. I think about like, you know, like what if, um, like what if all the stuff the Masons sort of joke about, or, you know, like what if that's all true? Yeah. Well, um, I guess, yeah. I guess what made me think of that is, you know, you and I both have, uh, you know, I go to church every week and you and mm-hmm. I both have, uh, you know, a lot of religion in our, um, in our personal background. And, you know, as a person who goes to church, you know, what, why do you go to church, right? Like, what do you get out of going to church? Um, mm-hmm. You know, because we all know that at one end of this spectrum that maybe starts with your friendly neighborhood church, there is, you know, that can go awry and wind up looking like something weird and culty. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I don't yeah. think that I'm in a cult or anything like that, but you know, uh, you just have to check the news to see this happening. And so, you know, what, how do people, you know, I always, I often imagine, you know, people, people get into these things thinking that they're in um, the, you know, friendly neighborhood church part of it. And maybe that's how it starts, but either the organization changes or they never really understood the nature of it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. I mean, I think the, it's like those layers to it, right? Like, I mean, I think there's, there's definitely, definitely ways to be involved in any organization that it's a very like thin connection or like, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. almost like you have, yeah, like you're, you're just barely touching, you know, touching like the, the surface of the organization. But then as you get into it, it's like, oh, actually, I don't really love this. Right. I think a lot of people have that experience actually with their jobs <laughs> quite a bit, too. Yeah. Right? Like you, yeah. You get you get signed on to it. You're like, oh, this sounds like this is really awesome. I'm going to change the world and all that sort of stuff. And then you learn a little bit more about it. You're like, oh, well, I guess this is what capitalism does. Right. You know, so there's some of that that element. to it. I, I so, remember yeah. this is a. Uh... I remember the first time I was at a, like a summer job as a college student where I was at a company meeting and we were expected to like sing the company song of this like <laughs> uh, department store, you know, that I worked in the stock yeah. room. And I remember having this like, hope, like, am I the only one here that is really not into uh, this department store as my, as like a core <laughs> part of my identity? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I mean, the answer is like, no, I mean, no, no one wanted to be singing that song, but like not even the CEO wanted to sing that song. Right. <laughs> it's like... So, hey, um, let me, let me try to dial us back here and let's get focused on kind of something that will result in something gameable. And I want to propose yes. that okay. we create a cult in a modern or futuristic setting simply mm-hmm. because I enjoy the challenge of making a cult that's not based around that's not set in a world where there really are, there is like a frog God that, you Mm -hmm. know, some, that, that is really demonstrably out there. Like what would, what would that frog God cult look like in like a modern or or sci-fi setting? And Mm -hmm. how would you ever get people to join it? Yeah. Um, so my mind immediately went to, um, like people who are super into the idea of going to Mars to like resettle Mars. Hmm. Right. Like, and that's a very real, real thing. Um, and I think it's silly for a lot of reasons, but like, you know, so we, we won't get into that part of it, but like, like maybe that could be the, the genesis of this, this cult is like, they're, they're very focused on like moving humanity to some other place hmm. or like, yeah, you know, or exploring or discovering some other place. And I think that can give, give them a lot of drive and a lot of like reasons why they do stuff. So like if we pick the Mars, for example, right? Like if, if you have a group of people who are like, we have to get to Mars 
as quickly as possible and get as many people there. They're going to start making decisions about like generating capital to like, you know, fund spaceships, do space travel, like all sorts of other like research, you know, there's like all these things that would start to tie into that. So I think if, if, you know, it doesn't have to be like, let's get to Mars, but I think giving them a strong like purpose, right? Like, um, might be helpful there. And then we can, we can add the like religious fervor angle to that as well. I think I like that because that can be just a completely quote secular, you know, political proposal Mm -hmm. political idea you could rally around um, yeah that would that would entice people you know whether you're a republican or democrat or whatever in this sci-fi world you you could well think it's a good idea to go to mars yeah what is i'm positive this is like well-trod territory but like what if we did sci-fi and whatever the group is maybe like they're on mars and the their whole point is like we have to get back to earth (laughs) okay interesting yeah or the moon, or, or I don't know, like, like getting back to something that's more, um, like that we as players might understand is like a, a worthy goal or like that, that's a good thing. Like, so that might even give us a little bit of tie into or, or buy into for the players. It's like, well, why wouldn't you want to get back to earth? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's where I live. Right. In my, my real life. Okay. So why, what makes the PCs go from going, that sounds like a good idea. I'll vote for that in the next election. To saying mm-hmm. I'm gonna like become a card carrying mirror member of this group that wants to uh, get us back to Earth. Okay, yeah. Um, so just regular, do you like that? That is the premise. Like, yeah. so we're on sci-fi. Like, we're on Mars. Like, are we on another planet? Or are we in like a Battlestar Galactica situation where we're like you know floating around space? So here's another thing. I mean, what if mm-hmm. what if um, what if we are far enough away from our destination, let's say Earth, that getting back is not... I mean, I guess where I'm... Like, it should be... I don't know. I'm, I don't want it to be kind of like an easy thing to get to where... It needs to be a longer-term goal. I don't know. Like, what, so why why can't we get back to Earth from where we are? I guess is a question. <laughs> yeah. You know, did the That's a good, hyperspace yeah. lanes stop working or... Did the whatever the government of Mars just announce travel to Earth is forbidden or what? Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, like that, you know. So, what if there is, yeah, a stronger force that's saying like, no, we can't go back, right? So, if there's, you know, if it's government or like there's another religion too or something like that that just says like, no, like, you know, we we can't go back there or that you know some sort of belief belief system around why we can't go back. Okay. Um, Right. And, you know, it's like, then maybe the question is like, is that true? Right. So if it's Mars and it's 10,000 years from now or something like that, enough history has gone past and no one's been back to earth in 9,000 years or like, or yeah, no one's been back there. And it's like all the reasons why that decision was made in year, year one of those 9,000 years, like people just know that cause it's written down or it's been passed down, um, orally or something like that. But like, you know, like the real reasons are pretty fuzzy and it's just sort of like, there's a, most people are like, well, we're not going back, of course. And then there's this, uh, this, this cult that has risen up that is like, well, I mean, but I want to, right? <laughs> like, you know, we have, have records that it was worthwhile. Uh, yeah. Have back. you read Kim Stanley Robinson's novel, Aurora? No. Is this Aurora's plot? <laughs> well, not exactly. I don't, okay. um, I don't really want to spoil it then because it's okay. a good novel. Here's, here's my hot take. I've liked almost nothing of Kim Stanley Robinson's that I've read but I did enjoy Aurora. So, okay. <laughs> um, so let me phrase this, I guess. 
So what if this is not the plot of Aurora? So I'll I'll move on because I want you to read that and not have it spoiled. Um, so you know what if you're a, a distant colony and it's just the colony made the decision culturally that they they were they were leaving Earth and the ways of Earth behind and you know no matter how hard it was you the colony was going to move ahead. Und- with like it's without reliance on earth or without falling back on earth technology mm-hmm. or earth ideas or something like that so over the years they've just forbidden no you can't go back to earth we're we're done with earth is that where you were going with your idea at all yeah yeah no i think that's that's a yeah great way to put it okay so then we have this group uh maybe a political party or it's got some ties to political figures that is trying to change this long-standing practice Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I think I think this is the cult that's trying to change it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So once again, we come back to the question. So what moves the PCs from going? Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I'll donate to it. To like, yes, I want to be in this organization. Does the organization mm-hmm. promise to be able to do this like soon, like within the next year, mm-hmm. and that and the PCs want to get to Earth? And this, and if this group gets its way, they'll be able to get to Earth in a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Or, or is this um, because because I feel like for the PCs to be motivated to to join this and do work to promote its cause, they would need to know that you know it would that it, we're not talking like in two hundred years we'll be able to get back to Earth if we start yeah. developing the technology. Now yeah. it's more like if we repeal these laws, we can open up the jump gates again. And get back to Earth right away. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's like that. Um, you know, you could I think you could slice and dice this in a lot of different ways. The the way that I'm thinking that I might present it to um, to them, it's so like you're on Mars. It's a, a a thriving community and population on Mars, right? Like we, we sort of we figured out how to live there. There's a billion people on Mars at this point. Most people don't think about Earth other than to point it out in the night sky every once in a while when when you know, astronomically you can see it, right? Like that sort of thing, right? It's just like, it's, it's like, it's like how we think about Mars right now. It's like, it's this distant place. Yeah, we could go there. We're not going to go there. Like, why would you do that? Right. So I think like that's, that's our setup. And then maybe this organization has figured out how to launch, launch a rocket, you know, or, you know, like they've, they've found some old, you know, technical manuals from NASA, something like that. Like they've, they've figured out like how to get out there. And it's just a matter of, putting together the last few pieces and there's some sort of promise that they're giving to anyone who's willing to help them help them do this. And maybe the promise is like, you can get like, you get to own all of Michigan, right. When we, when you get back there. Yeah. Or you get your guaranteed, you know, rights to, uh, rights to a certain corner of trade with earth once Mm -hmm. trade is reopened, which is possibly lucrative, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or, I mean, there could probably even be, I mean, I could see all sorts of reasons that might motivate um, a player to sign on. And it's probably going to have to be an individual decision for each of the players that you might have to make as a GM to sort of dangle in front of them. Like, some people might care about, like, yeah, they get rights to trade. Other people might care about, like, I don't have to live on Mars anymore. Maybe someone is, like, positive that their distant family relatives are still alive on Earth if they can just get back. Yeah. You know, like there's lots of reasons why they might want to get there. Um, but the the only way to get there is to ally themselves with this kind of fringe fringe cult. So thinking about this, I'm reminded Babylon 5 has been in the news lately because 
mm-hmm. as always, there's rumors that it might come back in some way, shape, or form, which yeah. I hope it. I, I hope it does. Uh, yeah. But so in Babylon Five, there's this uh, kind of cult-like group of uh, basically um, like na- like Earth first, like kind of xenophobes in that. Mm-hmm. And one of the plot lines in Babylon Five is of one of the main characters finding himself a member of this organization and kind of in too deep. And mm. I think it's kind of modeled after the Nazis. Uh, but yeah. the, the, the way it works is like, you know, they start out with like, hey, we've, uh, you know, in we've no you seem like a good guy. And we know, you know, will you um, will you wear this this badge or something like that that shows you. I don't know. It's something like it, it's like an innocuous ask at first. Like put this bumper mm-hmm. sticker on your car to show that you love America, right? Or you love yeah. you love Mars. And then it's like, well, why don't hey, some of us guys are going to meet like next week. Why don't you come meet with us? And then you're going to these meetings. And then they're like, hey, and it keeps they keep upping the ask, you know, like hey, mm-hmm. you work in the the you know the at the spaceport can you just tell us when such and such a ship is coming in or could you just could you get high get them through customs fast for us you know mm-hmm. and then you know uh after 10 of these slowly escalating requests they're asking you to do things that are blatantly illegal and they yeah. also have the power to coerce you by threatening to you know just let the police know what you've been doing for them so mm-hmm. i I don't know how easy it would be to kind of entangle self-aware player characters in a scheme like that. But I feel like humans are really vulnerable to that kind of slow escalation until you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in a weird, I'm in a weird cult and I, and I can't get out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you could do it. Like it'd probably have to be one of a couple of different plot lines that you're dangling in front of the players. Um, I'm thinking about the, the blades in the dark game that I'm playing in right now. And like, we are like the, the crew is on the knife's edge of joining like a, a vampire cult. Basically. <laughs> right. Like, and it's, it didn't happen by choice necessarily. It just sort of like, you know, the jobs kept coming in a certain way <laughs> um, to us. And like, so I think that is, um, like, I think that maybe that's that's the route. Like you said, like there's like sort of these innocuous asks on top of whatever you're doing. It's like, yeah, like maybe it is you have a job to go just pick up something, right? It's not like it's just a delivery job. It's not no big deal, but it's like, but you got to make sure that you're wearing like our, you know, our uniform. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, so then it's, it's like from here on out, it's like every time you're going out, like we just, just make sure you're wearing the uniform, right? Like it's, you know, just part of, part of getting paid, like you got to do this. And so, yeah. but now people are seeing you wearing this uniform everywhere, right? You know, so it's like, you know, some of that sort of stuff, like, yeah, doing some delivery jobs. And I think like the cult has to, like, they pay promptly, like, right. Like yes. You almost set it up like almost like a um, shadow runny set up where it's like, I mean, it's a job. You got to do a job. Like you have to, you got to eat, you know, this place, they keep on paying and they keep on having more work for you. So why wouldn't you keep going back? Yeah. Back to that, that well. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah. Um, and then, and then it's like, you know, then maybe the third meeting after the third job is like, well, why don't you just come, you can come to our, you know, our general, like, you know, get together, our potluck that we're having, Yeah. (laughs) you know, it turns out like that's where, um, that's like the, the cult meeting. At that point, you know, then I think the, the players would are eventually, I think, going to have to make a decision on whether or not they're going to ally themselves with this cult, um, this cult or not. But I mean, I think if you present it such to them and it's, 
I think if it's presented straight too, like they might decide that that is the best possible decision for them. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, to, to join it, you know, maybe it's a little weird, but like, it's no weirder than anything else they're going to get up to. What if, um, something else to consider. What if, what if the cult legitimately saves the PC's bacon, uh, in mm-hmm. one or in a couple of situations, like, and, and not in a creepy way, but in like a, oh man, uh, they've really got our back and they came through for us. You know, our ship was about to be destroyed and they came swooping in cause they were keeping tabs on us and saw we were in trouble or something like that. You know, um, yeah. the other thing I was thinking is, uh, you know, cult mem- joining a group looks more appealing. If you perceive that your alternative is some much more wacky group or, or much more yeah. clearly bad group. So if it's like join our group, uh, because, if there's you know societal pressure to join a group and you make one of them look pretty bad and unpleasant, you make the other one look like the the best route to choose, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I wonder yeah. if the PCs are kind of maybe being recruited by more than one organization, and maybe they're mm-hmm. all maybe both of these organizations are cults, but one of them is like a little bit more obviously a cult. Uh, oh, that's and it just makes the it makes the remaining one look more innocuous. So, just a thought. Yeah, that's a good thing to throw in there. And I think if the fallback is always like the, you know, government rations, it's like, okay, like, do you want to go to Earth and be able to breathe the air, or do you want to continue having to pick up your oxygen rations every every month from from the government? You know, like, that's a like a pretty compelling. Like, well, I mean, this is not great, but it's you know. <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, so I think that's a pretty good setup for different cult behavior. I'm wondering is, do we want to have some sort of religious fervor angle to this as well? So, I mean, I think there's the very practical, like, let's get back to earth, but could there be some sort of like, we need to get back to earth because this minor deity is telling me so, or like, yeah, is there anything like that that we can interject into it? That's maybe not at the surface, but it's sort of behind the, the leader's fervor. I think so. Uh, partly I'm just kind of a sucker for that, but also, you know, I, I, I like the idea of joining this group because you back its political, it's back its political proposals for, you know, your own self-interested reasons. You know, like, I think it's a good idea to get back to earth. I like the idea that the people at the very top of this cult want to get back to earth because they need to fulfill their weird destiny that the God has given them. But yeah, but in all of their public speech, you know, they never, you have to be pretty high up in the cult before you start getting told their true reason where you learn the true reason isn't just economic benefit from, for the colony, but also there's some weird, weird stuff going on there. I, I like yeah. that. Um, okay. Let's, um, let's rattle off then a couple of ideas for like what some of the, the weird stuff could be. Yeah that maybe maybe appears and this doesn't necessarily have to be like the the driving force behind it but maybe just like little little details you could sprinkle if people start digging um like so the one that came to my mind is maybe there is there's someone who's like high up in the cult that has been like carting around their family's ashes from generation to generation so they have like you know going back a thousand years they have everybody's urns sort of lined up you know, or like pinches of everybody's ashes in that. And it's like, they believe very strongly that unless they can scatter them on earth, that like no one will be at rest. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So how would, so what I'm in, so what, 
my mind is circling around. Like, what's an idea that would more than one person will need to buy into the weird idea? What mm-hmm. is their? How do they convince their inner circle? You know that I'm not crazy. This is you should believe this too. Hmm. I keep on coming up with like practical things. Like I, I just like, I keep coming back to like the oxygen thing as a, as a, a possibility. Yeah. Just like, I mean, maybe there's just a rumor that like we're going to run out of oxygen on Mars in the next 20 years. You know, it's like, and no one can quite prove it. The government's of course not going to say that it's going to happen, you know, like, yeah. So it's just like, there's a, there's a time pressure there. Um, there's a, a very big belief in time pressure. Okay. With that. Yeah, I I like where that's going, and the idea that maybe these uh, you know we see in our own culture the prevalence of the power of kind of conspiracy theory ideas. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that maybe maybe it is less like that. There's a a you know an evil god that's manipulating this person, and more that they've profoundly bought into a weird conspiracy theory. That if you're at the bottom mm-hmm. rung of this organization seems crazy, but by the time you've spent a few years with these people, you've just started to absorb the assumptions that make this conspiracy theory seem like a rational answer to what you see. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. yeah. So what if it what if it is something like that? The government, whatever. The where uh, you know where something the government is doing is going to destroy you know, it's going to destroy, make this place unlivable in five years and they're just covering it mm-hmm. up. Right. Or, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Or they're trying to, we're running out of, running out of space and they're going to terraform like the, the opposite side, okay, yeah. <laughs> the opposite side of Mars. And it's like, and that's, that would be an environmental disaster or like, you know, actually like we've looked into the plans and if they do that, it's going to blow Mars in half. Yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah. But like politically it's like, there's, Maybe the the current political regime is running on the platform of like, well, we must terraform the remainder of Mars, and it's like, you know, but the scientists are all being like, no, if you do that, like we're we're all dead, um, you know, like if you hit launch that nuke or whatever it is. Yeah, it's important to me that the it's important to me that the cult that the top cultists that the belief be weird and bizarre. So okay. I want to tweak it a little bit, and I don't want it just. I would like to tweak it a little bit past being a reasonable, like a reason like a slightly extreme version of a reasonable perspective. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. More of a something that like when the PCs finally discover what, like they read the CEO's emails or whatever, and they, I want them to be like, what on earth have we gotten into? Yeah. I mean, then to me that, that sort of screams that there's, something that the the cult or the leader believes is on earth that they need to get back to pretty strongly like maybe they think that there's still humans back there or something like that like we hmm. you know the the stories say that everybody got off but like there's you know still a human colony there or or they believe you know if we do want to go the religious angle they believe that like the only way to like properly worship wh- whoever their god is is to be back on earth yeah Right. Like, and so they've, they're sort of lying and telling everybody like other reasons to get back there. But when it really comes down to it, it's like, they're going to go, you know, (laughs) sacrifice themselves at some sort of altar once they get back there. Yeah. What, what I'm looking for is a way that the cult's plan would be disastrous if followed through. Like, 
this guy believes that the best way to get back to Earth is to like go into a black hole or something. You know, something that like oh. when the PCs saw it, they would it would it would uh, cause a total reevaluation of what's going on. You know, like so maybe the I don't know. You know, maybe Earth isn't there, and maybe there's a black hole where Earth used to be, and the PCs can find mm-hmm. that out. And maybe the person knows this, or so, you know, I don't. Like, oh yeah, so like if they if they actually try to go to Earth, it actually it's, it sucks them into some sort of black hole. Yeah, or what if the person knows that that you know when they get to Earth, only disaster awaits. They know this, but that's what they want because for their own reasons, you know, because they have this mm-hmm. whatever. Because then that then their ancestors will be at peace or something like that. Yeah, I mean, like Earth could be you know like if there's some sort of a nuclear event, like Earth could be like just all radiation right so it's like if anyone actually goes in the atmosphere it's like you know from a distance it still looks like you know the blue and green planet but if you get within the atmosphere like you know it's instant death yeah Um, i like that maybe yeah maybe the you know the nano machine plague that wiped out earth it's has is still there and this person saying earth is a paradise uh you know it 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 would be disastrous when you when you travel to earth not good at all Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, also, uh, I kind of like the idea of like, if maybe the, the cult leader is lying to everybody too, and the plan is not actually to go back to earth, but it's to like go directly into the sun or something for like oh. some other reason. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe whatever technology or policies that are being developed to get back to earth, he does not plan to use to get back to earth. It's yes. like for something completely different. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you start launching off and you like, look at the one, like, Hey, Earth is that direction. It's like, oh no, actually, we're going to Pluto, or like, you know, yeah, like we're, we're going out, or even just the like far reaches oh, of space. Hey, yeah. the the ship, the ship we built that can take us to Earth can like detonate the planet, this planet's core, you know, like if yes. used improperly. So, okay, hey, we're uh, uh, yeah. we need to call okay. time here before yes. we move on. Okay, so we haven't, I don't think, presented a you know exact cult that you can just take and plop into your games, but we hope that this, mm-hmm. hopefully, this conversation has. Uh, kind of gotten your own mind spinning about how mm-hmm. your PCs might get dragged into a cult. Yes. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. I mean, I don't run sci-fi like ever. I don't know if I ever will, but there, there's something pretty compelling. I think about thinking through like the, the ways in which you, uh, a party could get hooked into something that they don't, <laughs> they don't want to be a part of Yeah, when it really comes down to it. Well, so. you know, just to tie this back into a game I'm running, I'm not really pulling this into my alien game, but in the alien setting, there is like a cult of the alien. If you read the mm. comics and if you get into the comics and novels and things like that, I mean, there's, there's a crazy cult that believes that, you know, that the, uh, that sees the alien as like kind of a spiritual entity. Uh, and, you know, and, um, you know, you, you mentioned at the beginning of this discussion that, you know, corporations can look kind of cultish. And, you know, I think of in the alien setting again, I think of this corporation that has made acquiring alien, you know, technology, DNA and technology, an almost religious goal, you know, that how, how much different from a religious cult is that really? Um, it's, mm-hmm. you know, from a story perspective, it's a disaster. We know when they get it, it will just, you know, it will bring disaster, but, um, it, but it has a sort of spiritual pull, uh, to this organization. Mm. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, having mm, said good. we should be done talking, <laughs> I then started babbling further into the topic. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's what alien will do yeah. due to your brain. If you get into it, 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 so. it really um, will. Y- 
Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Roll for Topic has been part of the Roll for It Media Podcasting Network. Our sister show, The Splat Book, with John Corey and Kyle Latino, continues apace. Um, it's really good. They had a great conversation recently about likelihood um, and difficulty um, that uh, had me sort of like yelling at my podcast player. <laughs> I, I'm preparing a rebuttal, I guess, <laughs> but I need to listen to it again. Um, and see, I mean, it was, it's all really good thoughts. Um, I love, love those two and the discussions they have. Um, so yeah, go check that out at the splatbook.com. Um, yeah, you can find our podcast at gmdiscussions.com, uh, too. You know, so we would love to have you kind of dig through, <laughs> dig through our, our archives. Although Andy and I were talking earlier, we, we think that you should maybe avoid the first, you know, handful of episodes, first 50, let's say first 50. <laughs> Just start, start later. But, um, yeah, I think that is about it. This is episode 99. We will be back next time with episode 100. Um, we have some fun plans for that. Uh, and you will just have to wait and listen to hear, hear what we're going to do for that. Um, yeah. So I think that's it. You got anything else, Andy? No, just that the, uh, if you can hear the voice in the background throughout this, that is my, um, my beloved son having the world's loudest uh, Zoom conversation, I guess, with somebody in the other room. So uh, maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe editing will have uh, gotten that out. But if not, I hope <laughs> you've enjoyed. I hope you've enjoyed that. Yes, snatches of, of that. That's good. All right. Well, um, I've been Chris Salzman. I've been Andy Rao. And remember, if your players having fun, you're a great GM.